Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey, especially for women who are rebuilding after abuse. Today's podcast is going to be short and sweet and to the point, but it's a message that I have been carrying in my heart for quite some time, and I just wanted to come here and share this with you. Uh, I have actually started and stopped this podcast about six times now because I am dealing with allergies again and decided, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. Hopefully I will not be coughing throughout this, but um, my apologies if I am. And I will hopefully learn how to record and edit at some point. But for right now, you just get the real me as I am. And I don't want this message to not be recorded just because of that. So thank you for your patience with me in previous podcasts. And hopefully we can figure out what is doing this and move past it. So today I want to tell you and tell myself you are one person. So I am going to say that again. You, my friend, dear one, are one person. And I'm going to say it to myself. Heather, you are one person. There's only so much that a human being can do in a day. There's only so much that a human being can do in a week. And so I come today with the message of grace. I come today with the message of being gentle with yourself, being kind to yourself. I come today with a message of what is going to take care of you and your children right now. Those are the things we say yes to. And the things that are not paying the bills and providing for you and your kiddos, those things probably can be put on the back burner for some other time. So if you're not familiar with the spoon theory, I invite you to do a search. I prefer DuckDuckGo and do a little bit of research on this thing called the spoon theory. It is a wonderful tool for those of us who are rebuilding our lives after abuse, after trauma, after chronic illness. Some of us, combination of all the above. And basically, the very simplified version is that you would just assign every task that you do in a day would be given a value that we would count out in spoons. And so there was a season of my life, uh, the start of 2016 is when it was really bad, where I was so sick that I was probably only working with two, three, or four spoons a day. So one spoon may have been making myself something simple to eat. One spoon may have been taking a shower. All right, just being able to get up, go to the bathroom, and do those two simple tasks in a day was all that I did in a day. If you are working an eight-hour job, depending on the job that you're working, you may be using eight to 20 (laughs) spoons. It's okay, baby. It's okay. Car just drove by and backfired. It's okay. We're okay. We're safe. We're safe. If you are working a job for eight hours or more a day, you may be using up eight to 20 spoons a day, depending on how stressful that job is. So it really has a lot to do with the environment that you're in, the people that you're working around, if there's added stresses, um, the weight and the just, yeah, what your job entails. So it sometimes is hard to decide how many spoons you have and how many you're working with. But the reality is, is that you're going to run out of spoons in a day. And that means you're going to start taking from tomorrow. And so that's why so many of us wake up utterly exhausted or we go to bed just dreading the next day because we have already, we're already at a deficit. So 
do yourself a favor and do a search on the spoon theory and look at realistically how many spoons do you have in a day and begin saying no to the things that do not serve you and your children in this season. If you're like me, you love to help people and you probably say yes to one thing and then it just snowballs into saying yes to 10 things. But the reverse can also be true. I went through a season when I began homeschooling where it became easy to say no. And as I said no to one obligation, I was then able to say no to the next one and the next one and the next one until we were just stripped down to the bare bones of being in our home, educating my kiddos, and doing things that serve me and my family in that season. And that was so necessary. So how many spoons? Are you realistically starting your day with and what can give so you can live? What can give so you can live? I want to give you permission to give yourself grace today. Maybe there is a place that you have served and you have volunteered for a while. And here is what I'm encouraging you to say thank yourself. Maybe the organization that you need to step away from will not do this, but you can do this for yourself. Thank yourself for the years or the months that you gave your service and your time. Instead of beating yourself up that you cannot continue in that obligation any longer, thank yourself. So it might look like this. I served at a local pregnancy center for four years and I went in every single week for for several hours and sat in a room as a client services advocate. It was, now that I understand myself more, it was grueling because I would hear these women's stories. They would pour their hearts out and tell me things that they had never told another soul and then I would never see them again. Okay, that doesn't work for me. I am a long hauler and I like to walk with people and I like to be there for the long haul and see how their story unfolds. And in that particular role, that was just not possible. So it was draining me physically. It was draining me emotionally. It was draining me mentally. When I became ill and could no longer serve, I felt very guilty that I could not. And so if I could go back six years ago, seven, seven years ago to where I got sick, And say to myself, Heather, thank you so much for the four years that you served and that you loved these women and that you represented compassion to them. Now go take care of you. That would have looked very different than Heather, you're such a failure, you're such a screw up and shame on you for not being able to continue. When I stepped down from my role as a music leader, Here's what could have happened, but didn't. Heather, thank you so much for serving this congregation for seven years and pouring your blood, sweat, and tears, your heart, and your soul, getting up every Sunday morning, dragging your poor children, oh, I do regret that, to church early, to set up, to practice, to tear down, and all kinds of other things that are unmentionable in this podcast were going on at the time. Thank you for your seven years of service. Now, go take care of you. That would have looked really different than the guilt and the condemnation and the embarrassment and the shame that I felt because I could not physically stand to lead the music any longer. Heather, thank you so much for the decade of service that you gave to a local youth camp. 
Thank you for loving those kids and representing uh, compassion and empathy and um, just pouring your heart and your soul out. Now you are not well and you need to just go take care of yourself and there's no shame in that. So those were the three biggies that I had to give up when I got sick. (laughs) But there have been other things through the years that I have not been able to maintain and continue and it's okay. Thank yourself for the season that you were able to pour into an individual's life or an organization's life and then give yourself the grace and the space to go sit down, to go rest and take a break. Now, I know you cannot do that for all things. I know that as a mom and as an employee, there are certain things and tasks that you're going to have to do. So that means that everything else can just wait for this season. If it is not providing financially and it is not something that is helping you and your kids to heal, then maybe it needs to wait. That may be a hard message for you to hear, or it may be the exact words you needed to hear today. You are one person. So Um, I have had four years of being pretty much on my own and having a lot of quiet and a lot of time to space, uh, a lot of space to heal, a lot of um, just space of just being able to choose when I lay down and rest because I do have to do that a lot. And it may not always look like that. I may not always have that available to me, but I still need to protect certain boundaries I do need to still know my limitations for sleep, for other rest throughout the day, for hydration, for nutrition, for taking my supplements. Practicing those healthy habits is not selfish. I take you back to my two favorite analogies about self-care. Put your own oxygen mask on before you try to help somebody else. If you're not breathing, you are not going to be able to help other people breathe. Fact. And you cannot pour from an empty cup. Again, science. When the cup is empty, the cup is empty. And so we need to be refilling our cups by taking care of ourselves. We're not just talking about bubble baths and bonbons. We are talking about things that heal our bodies, our minds, and our spirits. The rest, the sleep, the nutrition, the hydration, the supplements. Keeping our appointments with our doctors and our mental health care providers spending time with safe people, getting outside, letting the sun soak into our skin, movement of some type throughout the day. All these things are forms of self-care, forms that are healthy habits and also things that are regulating our nervous system and helping us find safety. Breathing, taking time, And being mindful about the senses, what we can see and feel and touch and hear and just learning how to breathe. And so I recently heard someone say the exhale is so, so important. So breathing and inhaling for four seconds, holding for four and then exhaling for eight and doing that a couple of times for several minutes helping our nervous system to reset. Being aware and mindful of what we can smell and bringing ourselves into a state of just awareness of what our bodies feel and touching and and the things that bring us to a place where we can see and behold beauty. So we're all very aware of what triggers us and the things around us that are harmful 
but also becoming mindful of the opposite, the glimmers. So basically the opposite of a trigger is a glimmer. What makes us feel safe? What reminds us of goodness? What is beautiful? So right now I have one dog on my lap and one dog that you can probably hear snoring to my right. And just having our our pets close by and holding them on our laps or petting them, that's regulating for us and it's regulating for them popping a mint in our mouths. I was in coaching the other day with Deborah Doak, who does financial divorce financial foundations for the women in my group. And she was talking about how sometimes when you're in mediation, you just need to say things that make you puke in your mouth a little bit. <laughs> she said, keep your mints and your gum handy because sometimes for the sake of a greater outcome, we are going to need to just do something that is hard just to get through it and get to the other side. So the taste of a mint in our mouths can bring us back to a place of safety. Just think for a moment. What cues you that you are safe? What gives you the cue that you are in a place that's safe? A long lingering hug with someone who is safe. For me, it's my kids. When I see them on Thursdays, I'm like, just let me hang out here for a minute. Let me hug you for 10 seconds, 20 seconds. This is not weird. This is something that mama needs just to feel connected to a human being. Like give, give your mama this moment. <sighs> Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Maybe a favorite meal that comforts you. Preparing it may be comforting. Eating it may be comforting. Watching the sun rise, watching the sun set. What are those things that just bring you? I I already feel my body just relaxing, even as I'm doing this exercise. And I want that for you. Right now in this moment, breathe in for four. Hold for four. And exhale for eight. And just keep doing that, even as you're listening to the rest of this podcast. Just bring yourself to that place of safety. You are one person. You are one person who is rebuilding after your life has been shattered. You have limitations. You have a certain allotment of spoons that you can use in a day. To work and to care for yourself and your kids. And all those other voices and all that other clamor and all those other expectations, they can wait. You have the power to say no to anything that does not serve you in this season. You have that power. You can thank yourself for the service, the years, the hours that you have given to others. Even if now you need to take a step back. You are not God. You are not responsible for the well-being of the whole world. You are not responsible for the happiness of all of your coworkers and your family members and everybody at church and everybody at school. 
You're responsible for you. And if you have kids, to some degree, you're responsible for their well-being. Depends on their age. Depends on what their needs are. Also, we don't stop being a parent when our kids turn 18 or 21. I don't really know where anybody gets that concept and thinks they're off the hook. I think it honestly kicks into overdrive once they're young adults. Our role as parents changes as our kids become young adults and adults, but we are still, we are still called to be parents forever. (laughs) So it looks really different now and boundaries again are needed and they protect you and they protect your kids. But once you sign up to become a mama, you're a mama for life, right? So what does that look like for you in this season? And who else Who else can wait so that you can care for yourself and you can care for your kids? You have passions, you have dreams, you have gifts, you have desires. There are things that will probably come to fruition later. But right now, taking care of you and taking care of your kids is what matters the most. When I became official, when our nonprofit became official, people just started coming out of the woodwork asking me and almost demanding that I do X, Y, and Z. And I have to stand very firm in what our goals are with this nonprofit because the needs are endless. If you're not familiar with the starfish thrower story, a little boy is walking along the shore and it's covered with starfish that have washed up and they can't get back to the water and they're dying and so he picks up one and throws it in the water and he picks up another one and throws it in the water and he just repeats repeats <laughs> and a man comes along and it's basically like what is what, what's your point like you'll never get to all of them and the little boy throws another one in he said but it matters for that one and he picks up another and throws it in the water but it matters for that one And that's how I feel with my nonprofit. There are thousands of women in our group with tens of thousands of needs. Women need legal help. Women need counseling. Women need resources. They need housing. They need groceries. They need health care. Like the needs are endless. If I stopped and looked at all the starfish on the shore, I could become paralyzed and immobilized. But I choose to just reach down, pick up one, and throw it back in the water. And by my calculations, if we run one of each of the groups at a time that we are currently running, by the end of the year, we will put 72 women through these groups that we are, we're running. That's if we just run one at a time. Now, I would love to be able to double or triple up on these groups. So please, please consider honorprojectmovement.org go and give and do so regularly because the more gifts that we have coming in the more women we could reach but at the least if we have one group running for divorce financial foundations and one group running for the domestic violence response group crisis response group at the end of this year we will put through 72 women that's not small potatoes y'all that's not small potatoes but when I look at the enormity of the needs of the group it feels like it's small potatoes. 
So I have all these people coming and demanding that I do X, Y, and Z with my nonprofit. And I have to hold a very clear boundary and say, these are our goals. We have chosen to under-promise, over-deliver. We will raise the funds for each group before we invite the women into the group so we know the provisions there. When one group is done, we will start another group. If we have the finances and the means to start multiple groups, we will do that. So please prayerfully consider if you're in a place where you can give on our project, movement.org, and just make it a monthly, set a, set a timer and make it a monthly thing if you're able. I am one person. You are one person. I cannot serve every need that is represented in my group. But what I can do is what I'm called to do. I can resource. I can network. I can connect needs to resources. To, needs to resources and help one starfish at a time. What can give so we can live? I just invite you today to think about that. So think about what you are spending your time and your energy on right now. And if you have to work full time, you have very, very little to give elsewhere. And so it's okay to say no to your church. It's okay to say no to your family. It is okay to say no to extra things. If you are hired to work 40 hours a week, then you work 40 hours a week. You don't keep working overtime for no compensation. It's okay to say no to your neighbors. It's okay to say no to some of the things that your kids want. It's necessary. You cannot do all the things for them that a two-parent home could do for them. And that's okay. I am so blessed that my sons are not entitled brats. And a lot of that is because we had very humble means when they were growing up. And they weren't spoiled rotten. And they didn't get everything they wanted. And we didn't go on elaborate expensive vacations. And they didn't have name brand clothes. And now as young adults... There are some things that they love and they enjoy and they treat themselves to, but they are not demanding of me. They do not ask things of me. I do for them because I want to and because I enjoy it, not because there's an expectation there. And in a world that is filled with entitled young people, I am so proud of my sons for getting up every day and going to jobs that they may or may not enjoy for paying for their own living expenses and not asking of me. When I give to them, it's because I want to give to them, not because they've asked that of me. And that is something that makes me as a mama very, very proud, very proud. So maybe your kids were entitled at some point and now because you cannot provide those things for them or maybe their other parent is spoiling them and you can't do that. And it's putting kind of a divide. Help your kids understand the value of a dollar. And my boys all started working when they were 15. I think there's so much value in that. A lot of running, a lot of coming and going for me. I miss those times in the car with them. But there's so much value in teaching young people to work, to earn their own money, to pay for their own cell phone bill and their own car insurance. Like mama, mama doesn't have to do that. If they're old enough to have a car, they're old enough to have a job. 
You are one person. I am one person. Grace, gentleness, kindness. Extend that to yourself today. Wherever you are, whatever you're in the midst of, you can take a step back and reevaluate the commitments that you have made, the places that you are spending your time and your money And again, if it's not serving you, if it's not serving your kids, if it doesn't align with your passions and your skill sets and your giftings and the amount of energy and time that you have, it's a no. It is a no. It doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you uncommitted. It just makes you a human being who has limited spoons to use in any given day. So I hope and pray that this has encouraged you. And that it gives you just a little bit of a nudge in the direction of taking care of you, of putting your own oxygen mask on, of getting an extra hour of sleep a night than what you have been, of putting your cell phone away after work and not taking work calls, of telling your kids, you know what, we need X amount of evenings. This was something that was really important to me when my kids were still here. We need X amount of evenings at home as a family. We need X amount of days where we don't even leave the house. Of course, I homeschooled so I could do that. I need X amount of hours of sleep at night or X amount of um, hours of just horizontal downtime in the afternoon. Figure out what your needs are. Making a healthy meal with good nutrition, keeping your water bottle handy. What are the areas of your life right now that you know You need to grow in and your healthy habits and do that thing. Something else probably has to give so that you can do that. But you matter. Your needs matter. Your rest matters. Your ability to regulate your nervous system and feel safe matters. Your need to have a night out with safe friends and laugh matters. Asking people that love you for help is okay. And I hope and I pray that each one of you has somebody that you can turn to and say, hey, I just need a couple hours here or a night out there. Can you watch the kids for me? Someone commented and held and healed the other day. We do not-so-serious Saturday on Saturdays. And she just said, I hope you know how much just reading these silly memes every single week, how much I look forward to this and how much I need this. We need to laugh. We need to cut loose. We need to have moments away from the heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. Music is powerful. I have a playlist called Heather's Happy Hits. And I just found a playlist that a friend shared, something disco, where it's like all of these really upbeat, fun, like dance songs. Turn it on, dance around the kitchen with your kiddos, embarrass them, make them feel super awkward, bring joy. Music is so powerful, so be careful what music you're listening to. Take care of you, dear one, because you are worth it. You matter. 
And if you say no to things today so that you have room and capacity for the things that matter most, your life will become richer. Don't say yes just because you're op- you feel obligated or you feel guilty. That is not ever the right reason to say yes. Don't say yes just because nobody else is saying yes. That's not the right reason. Some things just need to just need to be done. And especially in churches, so many programs and so many things are kept going by hamsters on a wheel <laughs> who say yes out of obligation, out of guilt. And if we all just said no, maybe some of these programs that don't matter, that don't bring life, would just die because they need to. Let them die. Another good way to evaluate is if you got sick with something that made you have to be in your bed for the next year, what would actually matter? That's just another good thing. What would really, like, some things can just go on without us. Some things just need to die, right? So if you were bed fast for the next year, What would your priorities look like? And sometimes we just need to look at it like that. When I was super, super sick, the things that didn't matter didn't get done. Things that mattered somehow always found a way of getting done. So I leave you with this thought. You are one person. I am one person. What can give so that we can live? And I hope and pray that this releases you from burdens that were not yours to bear and set you up for success to do the things that you're truly called to, gifted to, and meant to do. Uh, As always, you can check out heatherelizabeth.org for offerings, the Safer Spaces Summit, the upcoming um, third annual Held and Healed Retreat with Sarah McDougall, my Rebuilding Finances course. And please, please consider going to honorprojectmovement.org and checking out that website with updates of the highlights from 2022. And consider making that a part of your regular giving. I pray you will be held even as you are being healed. Blessings. Blessings.